And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the Internet now. Oh, sure. Next, you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Terms or restrictions apply. Is this thing on? One, two, mic check, one, two. Right. And then the communication, that's your glue. Man, this is our city. This is our city, man. We did it, man. It's unbelievable. I feel like Black Jesus. We've seen the story before. We've seen the story Welcome before. to the Athletic NBA Show. Monday <laughs> on the Athletic Podcast Network. Welcome to Point of Hit. No, let me stop my Zach. <laughs> let me stop my Zach impersonation. <laughs> <laughs> we need to keep that in. I do have a take. Here's what happens. Since it's Steph Curry, you have to be chasing him over the screen. So you're going over that guy that you're switching onto, which means when you switch onto him, you're on his back. And all of the Warriors screeners, whether it's Otto Porter or Andrew Wiggins or Jordan Poole, whoever, are really good at saying, okay, you switch, you're on my back. Boom, dip to the rim, backdoor cut. So you can't just say switch that, 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 switch that. Yeah, but Welcome to Point of Contention. Five subjects, five minutes, five points of contention. Coming up on the show, the Jekyll and Hyde Celtics. My brother's keeper warriors, all that jazz rumors, draft season and finals MVP talk today, June 16th. Happy fudge day, everybody. On this day in 1993, Chicago Bulls defeated the Phoenix Suns 111-105 in game four of the NBA finals at Chicago Stadium as the Bulls' Michael Jordan erupted for 55 points. Jordan's 55-point mat effort matched the second-highest single-game point total in finals history. Jade, play the tape. There's a seven-second disparity between the shot clock and the game clock. Jordan, yes, and it counts! So, Michael, the Phoenix Sun caught you guys a little emotionally down on Sunday. That didn't happen tonight. Well, I think we learned from the game the other night. I know we had a, a dog fight. We had our chance to win, but we knew we didn't play extremely well. We knew we could play better basketball. Uh, today, we we still had some lapses in the 48-minute in game, but, you know, we, we struggled down the stretch, but we did what we had to do to win both. All right, let's get to our two contestants. In this corner, the long metal legend, the King Penn from Beantown, calls it like he sees it, often calls it before he sees it, and sometimes, just sometimes, Sees it like he calls it in his heyday. He liked a hot box because he always put all the smoke and is exactly who Omar from The Wire was talking about when he said, you come at the king, you, at the king, you, you best, best not, not miss. miss. He's the one and only Jay King. Jay, is crypto dead? Never. Never. It's dying though, right? No. No. It's, it's, it's not doing well. It's just going through a cyclical drop. Yo, Bitcoin, man, come on. Bitcoin is down to like 20,000. That ain't no cyclical. It's a cyclical drop. What was it? What was it? Odell Beckham Jr. owes two the years ago for last year. What was it two years ago? What was it three years ago, guys? Sixty. You gotta sixty. You gotta yeah. take the 60. No, that, you gotta take the take the long view. Just just hold on to it. See what happens. The kid's gonna be she rich one day. It is depreciating like a it's Lexus. Just not today. It is like just. It is not doing well. That's just a beautiful time. 
to to continue accumulating and then see the your riches grow one day in the future speaking of the canyon baby this is not financial advice speaking of the accumulation this man is accumulating books that he's written in this corner the bay area legend the stitch into the glove the parent to the j kid puts the on be shy writes the hook for hook mitchell puts the ill and lillard it's the three-time author of bay area and nba basketball created the rap group a scribe called quest you can mark us all down as fans of the legend the one and only marcus thompson marcus what's your favorite character from entourage turtle yeah that's our guy jerry yeah. ferrara shout out to jerry our, Poor Nick's. Oh, that's right. He was, he was, yeah, he was a he was a friend. Yeah, I, I, was. I was a big turtle guy. It's our guy still. Is he still a podcaster? He was a gamer, right? Yeah, he's doing the he's Knicks gaming a, for a bit. He loves hoops. Know, this, Man loves hoops. I know that. He loves him some hoops for sure. He had some wild outfits in those first couple seasons of Entourage. Just that was the back when Mitchell and S was the velour tracksuits were, were oh, fire. Man, it was all over the place. All right. <laughs> that checks the old banter box, guys. Jade, start the clock. Take one. Warriors are one win away. Fellas, Steph Curry and the Golden State Warriors are just one win from the NBA title. They're fourth with this group. They can seal the deal tonight in Boston. Fourth one in eight years. The victory machine doth persist. In game five, a 104-94 win for the Dubs. Boston once again sputtered down the stretch, displaying a phenomenon our friend Mo Dakiel has dubbed the Jekyll and Hyde Celtics. Celtics won game one after a fourth quarter barrage, going small, spacing the floor, raining threes. But since then, Boston's been terrible in late game scenarios. Jade, play the tape. Yeah, you feel like fatigue-wise, it was kind of showing up there in terms of the kind of offense you guys are creating or could have been uh, we ran them obviously a longer stretch uh, to get back in the game in the third um, looked like our decision making uh, waned a little bit in the fourth and um, could have been from that we weren't getting a whole lot of production off the bench went with them a little bit longer being that they got us back in and tried to use the timeouts for their rest um, but uh, we got away from a little bit of what got us back in the game in the third and decision making could and fatigue could be a part of it Let's focus on the Celtics here. We'll get to the Warriors and take two. Jay, what's going on with Boston? And is there still some time left for them to readjust their offensive strategy going into game six? So what's going on? So their whole thing this season, the, the theme of their season, as Ime Odoka likes to put it, has been sharing the basketball, finding the right play, making the right read. And they've kind of dealt with some setbacks on that front throughout the playoffs. It happened, you know, a few times against Milwaukee. It happened a few times against Miami. It's now happened in each of the last two fourth quarters. And the Warriors are just super smart. Their defense is is super smart. They they make you make the right play over and over again. They're not going to let you have anything easy. And the Celtics just haven't dealt with it, especially the last two fourth quarters. They're up five in the fourth quarter of game four at home with a chance to go up 3-1. They are down one entering the fourth quarter in in game five to go up three two, and it was just disaster from that point on. So they just need to handle all of that better. They need to do a better job of reading the game, and it, it's kind of been Jekyll and Hyde, like like Mo said throughout the whole playoffs. When they can take care of the ball, when they can make the simple play, they look great. And then the rest of the time, <laughs> it's ugly. It's bad. It's yeah. just that's just been kind of the roller coaster that they've been on this whole playoffs. Marcus, what do you think the Celtics need to 
do here in order to get back on track against this Warriors defense? I mean, number one, I don't. Number one, I don't know like how you get this on the fly, but first and foremost, they just need composure. Um, this this is it's a misnomer to think like even JT said it like we're not out here trying to turn the ball over, right? It's like, like right. we're we're not trying to do this. This is what happens under pressure, and we I mean this is true throughout the playoffs. If you pressure their ball handlers, they get out of sorts like these aren't unforced turnovers in the sense that nothing's happening and just turn it over they don't handle pressure well they got to figure out a way to be composed um this is the nba finals this is championship you're not getting easy looks on anybody like that's not what's happening (laughs) at the end of nba finals game down the stretch like you got to be able to execute against great defense you got to be able to execute against pressure and you could see them like they're having a hard time going left right like you know it's like hey force you left how do how do you make the play i i I think it's a it might be a fundamental flaw uh, in in the roster construction so it's tough to figure it out i think their answer is they just got to make threes man they make threes it, it just breaks defenses and they can get hot like a team you've never seen before. Yeah. And that's kind of what they need to do to scatter the defense enough so they're not going against this like super set, ready to go, well schemed defense, right? Like they need they need to spread the they need to make threes to make it work. I kind of think Jay that this is on Tatum. He had nice numbers last game. He was terrible in the fourth quarter, but I think this is on Tatum to force the issue. He has seven made baskets in the restricted area through five games. He has got to get to the basket a a lot more. Like he's only taken 14 in the restricted area, but he's only made seven in those five games. Like I, I'm not saying he's been a problem, but this is like superstar territory to save your season. Like he has to set the tone and force the issue. Yeah. They have to find ways to get him going to the hoop in situations when he can have a little bit of space. Obviously the, the Warriors, like they're so smart about sending help they're so good about rotating behind it they've got draymond who who might be the best help defender literally ever like that dude is so smart what's really stood out to me especially late in games the Celtics aren't necessarily like being patient enough to go at what they want there there was a possession late in game four where jalen brown is running a pick and roll to try to get jordan pool on him and rejects the screen and goes at clay thompson instead and it's like Okay, you can try that, but it would have been a lot easier if you just ran the play and went at Jordan Poole instead. Right. <laughs> and then game five, or like early on when things were starting to go wrong for them, you know, Derek White comes off a screen. The Warriors want him to shoot it. He shoots it. Marcus Smart comes off a screen. I think Tatum had the the Clay Thompson switch, which which they want. Smart went to the rim instead and forced up a tough shot. Like they're just not being patient enough to get to the stuff that they want. And so I do think it's on Tatum, but it's also on everyone else to to run the stuff through to get the opportunities that, that will help them versus just kind of losing control and, and trying to, to hit a home run, like Brad Stevens used to say. Marcus, do you uh, think yeah, that Jason Tatum can solve Andrew Wiggins? I, I think it's kind of a mistake to try it's like (laughs) 
there are other matchups to go at. And yeah. well, well, here's here's another thing you can do. Maybe start him from a different spot because if he's at the top and this Andrew Wiggins and him, like all of the help options are in play. Yeah, they're all in play. Yeah, like maybe start him from the baseline. Start him in the post. Force force a, a double to be to come and you can see it. You know. Or here's a novel idea. How about not wait till there's 12 seconds on the shot clock to run your set? Like to get to start action. to start yeah. waiting for the action to go. Yeah, yeah uh, maybe like, don't waste about, half the half the how shot about clock. Get the ball up the court, you know, and then start running your set when it's like 16 seconds left, and now everything is not like a yeah. a pressure shot at the end. But to me, I just going up against a, a set elite defense is a recipe for not scoring. Yeah. <laughs> That's just what it is, a recipe for not scoring. They got to get figure out some way to get the Warriors' defense moving, and they're not doing that when Tatum is like, all right, I'm about to take Wiggins one-on-one. Nobody's moving. Right. And I don't want to, like, I don't want to take away from the like the Warriors' defense. That defense is special. Oh, they're only second. They're only second this year. They can't be good. They are, they are a special defense. They were second with Draymond Green missing half the season. You know, like, yeah. like that's a really, really damn good defense. And they're forcing the Celtics out of a lot of what they want, especially late the last two games. It's just been a masterclass by those guys. All right, time for take two. My brother's keeper. One game after a legendary 43.10 rebound performance, Steph Curry watched his all-time streak of 233 consecutive games with a made three-pointer come to an end in game five of the finals on Monday night. Curry went 0 for 9 from 3, but the Wiggins Warriors picked up their star and secured the win. Curry, who played pretty well otherwise, finished the night with 16 points and 8 assists. Jade, play the tape. Hi, Steph. Uh, Davide Chinellato with uh, Gazzetta in Italy. I have two for you. One is about your T-shirt. I, ca- I can read the final part. Aisha Curry can cook. <laughs> can you tell me the backstory of that? Uh, you got to ask around the room and, and, uh, and ask Twitter. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Stuff Mark NBA.com. Um, amidst your abnormal shooting night tonight, how do you determine through the course of the game, now's the time to try to lean on other parts of the game to make an impact? Now's the time to you know, rely on your teammates or now's the time to try to knock some shots? How, how do you kind of navigate those things? I mean, I talked yesterday, I knew there was going to be some adjustments in the way that they were trying to guard the pick and roll because they got a lot of clean looks and they, you know, were a little bit more aggressive, a little higher up on their pickup points. So I didn't get as many attempts up. Obviously, I didn't make any, but the rest of the time, it's just using that aggression against them, getting into the paint, the fact, you know, I don't know, I had more than like five assists the first, you know, the four games, and then that total goes up, and we still left a lot out there because, you know, we have different ways to attack you, even if it's not me just trying to hunt shots. And, uh, and using gravity, using ball movement, all that type of stuff to do kind of normal Warriors basketball. So, um, yeah, it's just a field thing. And obviously, you know, never losing your aggressiveness, even though you're not making, you know, shots like you normally do. Since 2013, Steph has only had nine games in which he failed to hit a three, but history tells us he will bounce back. The greatest shooter in NBA history has averaged 4.4 three-pointers per game and 46% from beyond the arc uh, in the next game after not making a three. Watch out, you unlucky leprechauns. In fact, last time Curry did not make a three in a game was on November 8th 
2018 against the Bucks. Marcus, take out your magic crystal ball and tell us what a game six Warriors win will entail. Is Curry back or will his brother's keepers save the day? Uh, Curry will be back, but I think it's going to be his brother's keeper. Come on. It's, it's a Clay Thompson game. Oh, I think you meant Wiggins. Oh, it's game six Clay. <laughs> game six Clay, man. Come on. This is this is stuff of mm. legend here. Mm-hmm. I think, I, I think, man, eBay's in a, such a tough spot, dude, because, like, I mean, the reason he wasn't selling out on Steph is because he didn't want to get everybody else going. And the, the moment he does sell out on Steph, now you've got Derek White trying to stop Wiggins coming with a full head of steam with space, right? That's right. That's that's just tough, man. So I, does he go back? Does he go back to how he was playing Steph before and risk Steph going off? But either way, no matter what, Clay Thompson has gotten a lot of good looks and he has not made a lot of them. <laughs> and if there's ever a time for Clay to make a lot of them, it would be it would be game six for some reason he's just weird enough he to, made some huge you know, shots in game them. five though the, the, yeah, made, the ones near the end of the ones. third were huge when the Celtics were and then the one to take the lead yep. right at, from the top yeah, when Marcus Marfell was big but Jay like isn't it look you don't want to lose a championship but if you lose a championship because you made Andrew Wiggins beat you isn't that okay? <laughs> I don't think I don't think is, losing is it it's okay no matter Steph what Curry beat you? <laughs> my thing was but I think from a Celtics perspective, you might look at some of the Wiggins shots, especially early on. Like he just hit a bunch of tough, like mid-range fadeaways, which I, I know he's pretty good at that. He he can hit that. He's big enough to get that shot off. But those you're cool with. It's it's the ones like in the fourth quarter when Derek White's guarding him and he just gets all the way to the rim and it's too easy that you want to take away. But yes, Steph is such a such a dangerous riddle and this is why i think it's stupid that he doesn't have a finals mvp yet the man the other people eat because of the way that teams have to guard him which is unlike anybody else in the world and and that's why wiggins goes off that's why andre iguodala went off years ago that that's why you know teams make other guys beat them and they do because of all the space that those guys have because Steph is the most dangerous man from anywhere inside of the three outside of the three point line that we've ever seen and so like yeah Wiggins was awesome but Wiggins was awesome because the Celtic partly because the Celtics had to send more attention to Steph and Curry that said like the Warriors only scored 104 points and you know who wasn't there, who's there all series waiting for Wiggins at the rim, who was not there because he was out by the three-point line? It was Robert Williams. But Clay was, I mean, Wiggins was getting his shot beat up the whole series. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's been kind of afraid. Rim. He's been kind of afraid to attack. Yeah. like Robert Williams but, the third, like, a lot. Like, you see him very tentative, like, not just rising up and going to dunk on him or finishing strong through traffic or whatever. Like, he kind of goes up. He's like, all right, I'm going to kind of jump to the side a little bit, just throw up yeah, a little lefty. And, and Robert's always there. But, yeah, when he's not there, you when see him saw, go with he authority. Saw him not there and he saw yeah. Derek White in this way, he's like, oh, this is, this a dunk. is easy. Yeah. yeah, this is – I mean, that's – to me, that's the choice you got to make. I'm – like, I get it. You get why Ty Lue and them are like, I don't care. It's not going to be Steph, right? Like yeah. Nick Nurse, it's not going to be Steph. Like, you understand why they do that. Because if you just let Steph get 
like easy coverage, he's going to torch you. And he's and, and his are his are demoralizing. That's the thing. Yeah. Like he you, he breaks your whole psyche. Like he ruins you. So yeah, I mean, it might be wise to bank on twenty footers from Wiggins or bank on Clay still being cold, right? Or like Draymond getting you fifteen points, right? Like those are probably safer bets. But it's hard to stomach too. Like now you're leaving Derek White out there on it. <laughs> On an island, or it's like Grant Williams come in and now check Jordan Poole in space what, because we got to pay attention to Steph. Right, which is funny because Wiggins, uh, what or Derek White is a is a really good defender, but yes, Wiggins, Wiggins historically is someone who like he's just better when he's matched up against a two guard. Like he can he can score against a two guard like like crazy, and when he gets like some of that size against him, then he like you know kind of has to check or he goes into that mid range jumper or Listen, whatever. When Wiggins in his mind, you could tell by the way he plays. When he looks at the person in front of him and he thinks he can't guard me, he's a different player, bro. Yeah. Like well, dude I, is a I honestly think I honestly think he looks at the guy and if he's looking down at his forehead, he's like, it's a he's like you can't check me. Eh? And that's a big <laughs> forehead with Derek White to see, so you, you can't miss that <laughs> thing. And it's and it's a it's a wrap. It's just some dudes this year where it's just like, yo, Wiggins, what, do you not like him? Like, what, why are you doing him like this? And then other dudes, he just won't do it. He just won't take him at all. But once in his mind, he's like, oh, this dude can't guard me. Yeah. He becomes a completely different player. And he clearly feels that way about about Derek White, who is a good defender. Right? Yeah, like, he's, super, he's really part. good. It's just he can't guard Wig. Like, it's just that's what it is. Um, all right. Time for take three. All that jazz. We can't keep this stuff off our computers, but it doesn't shame us when people see that we're talking about the Utah Jazz once again with Quinn can't win in the playoffs, Snyder stepping down and the coaching search in full swing. It looks like trade discussions haven't slowed down with Utah Jazz big man Rudy Gobert. According to Jake Fisher of Bleach Report, a lot of trade chatter with Utah Jazz and the Atlanta Hawks. Quote, it has been plenty of talk among league personnel that some combination of Capella John Collins, Kevin Herter, and the number 16 pick could be routed to Utah for the three-time defensive player of the year in ongoing trade chatter around the league. Atlanta has believed to be to have made all players besides Trey Young available. End quote. Meanwhile, on Sunday, trade rumors involving Donovan Mitchell were reignited after the NBA skills coach Chris Brickley shared photos of Heat star Jimmy Butler and Mitchell sitting next to each other at his birthday party on Instagram. Pictures which quickly went viral on social media. Anything for the platforms. Former head coach Quinn Snyder addressed the rumors. Jade, play the tape. They sit at the same table when they eat sometimes. You know, we don't, you know, I don't know if they ride to practice together. Ah, they eat, eat lunch together sometimes. Breaking news from Shams Charani and Tony Jones of the Athletic. Utah Jazz are now interviewing Sam Cassell as uh, possibly their next oh, head I need coach. It. I need it. I need this. The Cassell <laughs> victory dance. I, I need it. By the way, trades usually ramp up. The draft is next Thursday. Don't forget to tune into our live NBA draft show starting at 8 p.m. Eastern that night. Details at NBA Athletic Show on Twitter. Marcus, are Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell on the Jazz come next Friday? They should not be, but they will be. <laughs> but they, should, but they, they will Wait, they be. should both be gone? Wow. Nah, I take, I, I take the best offer for either. But I think they will overvalue both to the point where they're going to ask for something ridiculous. Like, it's going to be like the Hawks have this package, and they're going to be like, all right, nah, man, we got to have Hunter, too. Like, and, also, <laughs> and also, to their credit, Drew Holiday went for four picks. Like, it's yes, that really yeah, screws yeah. it up, doesn't it? 
Yeah, they definitely. Yeah, I, I think they're going to end up playing together because the price is just going to be so high to get either one of them. Yeah. Even though, to me, if you're the Hawks, man, you, I don't know about giving up everything, but you, you, if there is there a perfect player to back up Trey Young, is there is there a more perfect center? For him to say, "Yo, I got, I got you." It ain't Clint Capella. I tell you that. No, it's not Clint Capella. <laughs> and at least we know Trey Young will probably pass to Rudy. Nah, he'll throw on the ball. He'll throw on the well, ball. He'll, he'll get well, him a couple. All right. I mean, he'll. He'll start, he does, he'll start he does, throwing. He'll start throwing. He'll start. He'll start out. We don't know if he'll finish. Uh, although, if your if your if your issues were, man, Donovan doesn't stay in front of everybody or in front of anybody. Like I can't defend in the playoffs. Trey Young, maybe not the next best thing yeah, in terms of that, point. but that's a problem that's a for another point. day. Uh, Jay, what do you think happens with this Gobert Mitchell thing? I think they're going to end up trading Gobert. I also think it's it's going to be about how how much can Danny Ainge and that front office stomach taking a step back in the interim because if you trade Rudy Gobert for any combination of dudes from the Hawks outside of Trey Young. You're not going to be as good. You're just not. You're not going to win as many games. I I, I, I got man. I I got a theory. Look, if they could Capella and like Herder and something for that. Capella and Herder. That that's going to take you to I'm, the promised land. No, no, no. It's not. They're not going to the promised land with Gobert. So you're not. The goal is not like to get to the promised land with this trade. But I'm saying Capella for his money versus Gobert for his money. It's not that different in terms of defensive impact on the court. I think it's workable, but obviously Capella is lesser than Rudy Gobert. I'm just like, would you rather give Capella 18 or Rudy like 38? Yeah. You know, like that's give me, that, give me Rudy for 38. I, wow. <laughs> I, just, <laughs> I just feel like this, this is a longer term. Like you have to look at it from a longer term perspective. If you're the yeah, jazz where for sure you're getting pieces for later, not necessarily for next year. And you have to realize like, we might win 45 games next year. We we might be the eight seed. We we might not be, you know, win a playoff series or com- contend to win a playoff series like they have lately. And and you have to be okay with that. And I think Danny Ainge, yeah. like, when he first got to Boston, he looked at the duo of Paul Pierce and Antoine Walker, which had been to an Eastern Conference Finals and was competitive winning a lot of games. And he's like, there's no way these dudes together – are going to win a championship and he split them up immediately. And, but it it took a while from that. Like it wasn't like it was an overnight fix. And I think, right. I think for Utah, like this is going to take years to get to the point where they need to, they had it, they had a small window. They didn't capitalize on, which I think was just basically last season. And, and now it's going to be, there's going to be some pain in the short term. Remember, uh, Utah Jazz do host the All-Star Weekend this coming season. You don't want to be bad if you're hosting All-Star Weekend and you need your star to be relatively happy if you're hosting All-Star Weekend. And so I do think a lot of that, which may be, you know, a poor decision. It may be a poor decision, but like that, that putting on that show. Put it on Royce O'Neal will be a great host for the All Star. Wow. So perfectly fine. Royce is Donovan's boy. Like that. Like those guys per- are friends. I don't fine. know. I don't know if that's the one. I think <laughs> you might. You fine. might have like Mikhail Alexander Walker Don- still in the big like Don- hosting Dante, that thing. Where's Dante Exum when you need him? He'll host. <laughs> <laughs> Dante's such a nice dude. Dude, he'd be a great host, man. Hey, 
Jordan Clarkson. There you go. There's oh, your yeah. Everyone loves Jordan Clarkson. Everyone loves Jordan Clarkson. For the yeah. there you Absolutely. Go. All right. Coming up after the break, more NBA draft rumors and who will be the finals MVP back after this. Take four. Draft season. The 2022 NBA draft is one week away. And after the wheeling and dealing has already begun, the Nuggets and the Thunder completed a trade on Monday that included a 2022 first round pick headed to Denver and trade chatters is certain is certain to intensify throughout the rest of the league in the coming days. According to ESPN's Jonathan Gavoni, multiple teams currently holding 2022 NBA lottery picks are believed to be willing to deal. And a significant group of current NBA players are also potentially an on offer via draft deals. Fellas, Frankly, there are too many rumors to list out here on the show. We simply do not have the time. That said, Jay King, what do you have your eye on heading into next Thursday's festivities on ESPN? The What goes on at the top? I, I, this is one of those years, I feel like a lot of the time we know who's going to be the number one pick. And now we, now we don't this year. It, it's kind of wide open. There's a little bit of chaos at the top. Is it going to be Chet? Is it going to be Jabari? Is it going to be Paolo Boncaro? who just measured at 6'10.5 without sneakers, that is huge. That is a large man yeah. with with guard skills who can shoot yeah, do you want and that do things off the bounce. Do you want that in today's NBA, or do you want Bargnani 2.0? It's a tough decision. We don't know. I'm I'm just saying, first, first of all, that's so disrespectful to Chet. That is the most disrespectful thing to Chet. Chet, Chet is really good. Chet, Chet can play D. Chet can run the, a little bit of point guard. He's got a little bit of game to him outside. Bargnani, no, that was just insulting, man. Take, right. take that Bar- back. Bargnani, Bargnani could at least back. score at the don't, NBA level. Don't do Chet like Bargnani, that. Yeah, Bargnani can shoot. Yeah, Bargnani can shoot, man. Oh, He's a man. bucket. He's a walking, talking oh, bucket. He man. was a number one pick, and it wasn't, and everyone knew it. This guy, you can't, you know, Jabari Smith might get picked over you. Paolo Bancaro might get picked over you because he hit a growth spurt. Six, Sorry, six Chet. ten and a half with without shoes also, is huge. Buddy, by the this way. ain't that's, the fifties. We're not, we're not going to have a great player named Chet. This isn't nineteen fifty one. Like the, like I don't know what we're doing here. I feel. I don't know if you're aware of what's going on in our country, but we've been headed back for a while, buddy. <laughs> Those are Chads. My, Those are Chads. Well, might as well take our hoop, Marcus. Might as well take our hoop back. <laughs> I love I love how defensive Jay gets when I just talk shit about Chet Holmgren. Chet, he wants to believe you, in Chet you underestimate so Chet so bad, and you've been Give doing it for Wimbayana, years, baby. Give me Wimbayana. Wimbayana is going to be great too, but, but Chet, Chet's Jay, a bad man. Jay, you just got to you just got to pause with these Gonzaga players, man. You gotta, yeah, you like gotta, what, you what's the last Gonzaga player that Gonzaga like guys. came through for you? I mean, Matt Santangelo was the truth. Ricky yeah, Fromm, Ricky Fromm was no joke. Dan Dickow, man, yeah, Ricky, who could Ricky, hold Dan Dickow, Dickow? baby? Ricky from the D League, because that's where he was playing. Not who could, not the who NBA could level. hold Dan Dickow? Honestly, nobody. I might want to maybe coach you on that phrase in a little bit, but um, you know, Austin Day came up short. Adam Morrison came see, up short. Wait till you see when Drew Timmy hits the league. He. He pulled himself out of the draft. Yeah, that was a good decision his too. Little, his He's going to make more like, money. Oh, I work, I work, I'm a barista mustache. Was like not ready for the NBA draft process. Roni Turioff, greatest Gonzaga player to come out. Hey of man, got ranked. Roni was nice. Ro- yeah, Roni, Roni was, nice. was nice. 
who was the dude who did psychedelic mushrooms? Brandon Clark. Josh Heitfeld. That was the dude who did psychedelic mushrooms, right? You're naming a bunch of guys who didn't play the NBA. Yeah, didn't Pargo play there? Yeah, yeah. Jeremy was it Jeremy Pargo that played there? Yeah, Jeremy Pargo played there. Jeremy Pargo, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jeremy Pargo, Rody Terry are best Gonzaga players to come out. It sucks gonna take them down. Oh, I I got a clear Heitfeld's name. He denied the mushrooms were his. Thank God we got to the bottom of that. Uh, Marcus, what are you looking forward to on draft night? When is the draft? Thursday. Do you, do you guys know we're covering the NBA Finals oh, here? Oh, get like, the fuck out of here with this NBA that. Finals thing. You know, oh, they win a title, draft. they don't win a title. Who cares? We got 58 dreams being made here on the draft night. The only thing worth watching in this draft is what Oklahoma City actually does. They, they don't have roster spots. They're going to trade for more picks. That's what they're going to do. They're going to trade for more picks. That's what we're going to watch. We're going to watch them trade for more picks. They're going to. I hope they just start hoarding. I hope they end up with Chet because I want to see Chet and Poku playing together. It just, I mean, ninety-four pounds between them. But ballers, though, 94, 94 pounds with skills, baby. Does Poku it's have skills? Be... He shoots thirty percent from the field. But it's a hell of Man, a thirty percent. You worried about the end result? Yeah, you gotta worry. It's about the process. To get to the <laughs> so you want to you want a lineup of Giddy, <laughs> Poku, and and Chet? I mean, that's the that, skills challenge champions right there. <laughs> <laughs> Shay Gilgis Alexander going to get me the fuck out of here. He's like, get me out quickly. Hurry up. <laughs> I didn't leave the other Laker or the other LA team for this. Um, yeah, what do you yeah, I, I, don't I don't know what's going on with this draft, Marcus, man. Marcus, Who this, knows? Marcus, this is what you said. This is what you said, okay? And we'll, we'll edit this out so it sounds like it's your idea. I'm looking forward to the Athletic NBA draft show live. That's what you all said. I care about, yeah. all I care about, is the athletic NBA draft show when who's it goes ho- down live. That? Who's that? that was ho- that? host hosted by, I imagine it's a guess here, but uh-huh. I figure since it's probably going to be the best podcast host, it's got to be Dave DeFore. <laughs> hosted by Dave. <laughs> host. <laughs> That's your second best reaction this week, buddy. <laughs> right there. <laughs> if anyone. <laughs> what is, oh, how do I ask this question? No, I can't ask this question. I mean, now Aston got caught with porn on his computer on the floor at the Chase Center. That's all. It was disconcerting. That was very disconcerting. What a great yo! What a you I mean, went. I mean, the definition of zero to one hundred real quick was your reaction, bro. Like you were chilling in your chair, you laid back, it, yeah. and then oh no! If you think about it, I thought the issue was he didn't know how to put sound out there on the computer so that so that Kevin O'Connor could listen to us ask him questions. And it had to be Instead, Kevin O'Connor who who saw it too because it, Kevin O'Connor is like the purest man in sports media. Like he is. He's like the nicest dude, the purest dude like and all of a sudden he just had Amin to be watching him on his porn. computer like, "Hey, come over here and talk to eyes, us. Check this out." Just threw battery but acid the, into his face. The thing is, not but ten minutes earlier, if that Amin was trying to get Steve Kerr over to the oh, computer. I wish, oh I wish my, with all my heart, it was Steve Imagine. Kerr. Steve was doing I like wish. a ESPN Deportes hit or something like that, and he was and Amin's like, "I'll go, I'll go see," and he couldn't get him because Steve Kerr's you know coaching the finals. He could go talk to Amin, and look at his computer. No way, Steve lets him off the hook though. No way, no way, Steve lets him off the. There's hook. no way. No way. Oh my! No way. I wish that happened. That would have been. 
even better than Kevin. O- Kevin O'Connor was like a solid number two, though. Yo, of all I the mean, people to react two, to that, Kevin he also O'Connor could not was have, way up there. He could not have handled that better. KOC was fantastic in that moment. But yes, we were doing research for a movie that involved a certain adult film actress, and so I was searching. <laughs> walking on the computer. Whoa! What are you doing? You left your computer earlier. What are you doing? I mean, that hold on, that was seven hours ago. That was seven hours ago. I swear to God, it was research. I swear to God, <laughs> Zach, you know what? Did we, KOC you know, just the, catch you watching porn? I mean, Is, I mean, uh, it, yo, I mean, it's that was seven hours ago. It was, <laughs> it, it was, it was seven hours. Prior that he would have been looking at it. My man was doing oh, a lot of research. A lot of research. All right. Oh, Take was, five, guys. Take five. Finals MVP. The Warriors enter game six of the NBA Finals in Boston with a 3 2 lead in the series. And fellas, Steph Curry's probably going to win NBA Finals MVP, right? If he closes the series strong, Curry could, should win Finals MVP. If he struggles, Curry could win finals MVP. He's been that good, game five included. But what if the Celtics pull this out? Mark is full circle. Who will win the finals? You have to make a pick. How many games? Is it six or seven? And who is your finals MVP? Warriors in six. Or Warriors in seven. <laughs> no, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> what about Celtics in seven? Or it could be Celtics in seven. No, I, that's um, those are my three picks right there. <laughs> those are the three possibilities. Warriors yes. in six, Celtics in seven, or Warriors in seven. It's got to be one of those. I'm, that's my prediction. It'll be one of those. At least it's only three this time, not four predictions. Uh, of the of the. 20, By the way, I, I the, was I was like wrong on all of them. It's like one pick possible left live for me. Like <laughs> of the twenty four players available, who do you think gets Finals MVP? It's um, Steph Curry or Jason Tatum. <laughs> I'm not doing this finals MVP discussion. I'm let not me, doing it because it's not a real discussion. Let me well, it's hold not on. A real what do you mean it's not a real discussion? No, nah, you know better. You no, nah, you're not. You're not. Look even at this. Doing hey, this. check nah, this out. Not. Okay, check this out. All right, Jay. Let me paint the scenario for you. Mm-hmm. Steph Curry, ten points in Game Six. But the Warriors go into Boston. They win this game behind a 40-piece from Andrew Wiggins. This is not happening. Who is your finals MVP? Steph. Steph Curry. Steph. Why? Because well, Wiggs has been better. Wiggs won him no, the last three games. No, 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 no. He won no, the last three? No. In this scenario. In this scenario. <laughs> hold on, hold on. He rebounded. Look, what do you like mean? Steph what can't do you get mean? the ball to shoot Wiggs if he doesn't won the last three like in this did. scenario. Curry had 43 yeah, because yeah, Wiggins rebounded. <laughs> Wiggins had 16 rebounds, man. Yeah, 43 because Wiggins rebounded. Yeah, yo, you can't look, shoot the ball if you don't get the ball. Wiggins got the look, ball. If the Warriors win, Wiggins had Steph two is, big Steph is winning finals and rebounds in the fourth. Kind of hell, you know. I don't. I'm not going to call Steph a front runner. That doesn't like. That's not a good idea. I'm just saying maybe Wiggins leading the team. I don't know. If the Warriors win, Steph is winning MVP. If the Warriors don't win, Steph still might win the damn MVP. <laughs> But he shouldn't. <laughs> yeah, we can't do this. We can't. Somebody on the winning team. That would. It'll also be so messed up, right? And if you the can't one lose two. We, or you if, can't lose game one, six and seven and win Finals MVP. Let's say he does. You can't give Curry the Finals MVP in his career. Be the one where he lost the series. 
that's not going to mean anything. That would be epic, like, though, because then the debate that it would spark for years oh to come. God. Like, I can point, see Kendrick, Spur- Kendrick Perkins talking about that like 30 years ourselves. from now it's, when he's old as hell. These aren't even real <laughs> basketball decisions it's, or conversations. We're no. just trying to give ourselves something to we're talk about. We're just trying that's to it. get to the draft on we're Thursday. That's all we're doing. That's it. That's yeah. like, we're trying to get to the athletic NBA live draft show. Yes. That's it. That's all Remember we're trying to do. Remember last year when we said Scotty Scotty Barnes' pick was just awful? We were... We just all well, that was a simultaneously no, hated I, on no, the Scotty Barnes. What I pick. said is I would have gone with Jalen Suggs, but I'm not going to doubt Masai Ujiri. I I would like I to check Masai. the tape on that one. I need to go check I'll the go tape find on it, that one. So <laughs> I don't think you're going to find that. Was it. seven months ago. <laughs> <laughs> it was. This is the thing. I was very right, fucking me, wrong seven months ago. Let me, I'll tell you. Let that me much. paint this. Let me paint this scenario. Okay, I made up for it. I voted Scotty Barnes for Rookie of the Year, so you know it's fine. We're, in the, we're even at this point. Um, let me pay this scenario. Okay, let's say the Warriors win in seven. Wiggins has two good games <laughs> in six and seven. Steph is bad in both six and seven. You know? Does Wiggins then? I just no. want Andrew Wiggins to be finals MVP. Why, 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 would we, why would we lower the bar for Andrew Wiggins, though? That's what what do you mean saying. lowering the bar? You're basically saying, hey, Wiggins, you get one-on-one coverage against Derek White, and if you cook him, we'll give you finals MVP. That's and grab rebounds. Grab 29 rebounds last two games. All right, give it to Looney then. Give if it to the, Looney. If the Celtics win, is Tatum a lock for finals MVP? No. Or can Jalen Brown No, Jalen could definitely no, I think, win. I think how they finish it. Yeah, I think it's how who finishes it. I, yeah, I think. To me, Jalen's had a great series. See, here's the problem. Here's, here's what we need to figure out as if we're going to do this thing for real. Because there has been a change. What is the finals MVP for? Is it for who had the best series or is it for the best player on the team? It's for the because finals. Because we talk about it now, nah, but we talk about it as if you don't have this award, you're not, you can't be the best player on your team. But also now we want to give it to a, 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 the number three guy I, who got a, a good ISO matchup. Right? I, lo- I love well, the idea. I love the idea that someone <laughs> thought Tony Parker was the best spur in 2007. Yes. <laughs> Somebody thought Cornbread <laughs> Maxwell was the best. <laughs> you know what's crazy about that is I looked at I, like obviously I didn't see that series, but I looked at the numbers for that series. Larry Bird averaged like 15, 15, and seven in that series. 15, yeah, yeah. He's like, pretty good. He's pretty, pretty good. good. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Like sometimes a guy like Cornbread will have a good matchup, right? Yeah. Or he, like, all right, he had he had a great series, and it's a way to kind of spread the love on a team, like. But now, if if, this, if it's gonna be this indictment, then you just kind of got to give it to the best player. Like that's what we're doing. But you can't lower it to create this universe where a role player gets it because he did his role really All well. Right, you know what? And then turn around and say, "Oh, you, you, Jason Tatum, you can't be that good. You didn't win Finals MVP, even though you set it up for the role player yeah. by drawing the double and, yeah. and setting them up." Yeah, I, I, I do think that people overlook sometimes like the weight of being that star and just how much that star has to take on versus what everybody else on his team has to take on, especially in Steph's case, because like Steph just opens things up so wide for all his teammates. All he had to do was hit the open shots that were given to him. People talk about this. Oh, Andre Iguodala, he got in, he changed the series. Yes. You know why it changed the series? Because it opened the floor for Steph. Take the big man out because it's clogging the paint and Steph needs to go to work. 
like this. It, it's not that hard actually. Make the open shots. Steph put somebody in the hospital. I don't think we like. I don't think that's a big enough story that Steph put somebody in the hospital in that series. Jay, what is your prediction? Who wins? How many games? Who's Finals MVP? Warriors in six. This wow. This is over in six in Boston. The wow. The Celtics just have not been able to solve the Warriors' defense, especially when it matters. Ime Odoka started talking about maybe guys were fatigued at the end of Game 5. I don't think that's something Ime has said once all year. He's played guys huge minutes a lot, and he's just kind of said, we're built for this. Our guys are ready. Our guys can can play through it. So for him to say maybe guys were tired in that moment, I feel like like that was telling to me. We're being crazy, Jay, by not talking about this like it's a real thing. They should be tired. Oh, I, I like, agree. It's, it's the most games they've ever played in a season. It's yes, the most games they've ever played in a season. Yeah. To game five of the NBA Finals to be like, hey, yo, they might be tired. Like, I want to stand up and give them a golf clap. They played two seven-game series. You know, believe me, I'm tired as hell. Finally. I'm tired as hell, and all I do is write about these dudes. <laughs> they played yeah, like, two, two seven-game yeah, series yeah. in a row. <laughs> now they got to do this 15-hour flight in between games in the finals. You know who's not tired, guys? Andrew Wiggins. He's got springy legs right now. You know why he's, he's not tired? Because Jason Tatum. The he's whole defense is guarding rebounds. Steph. The whole defense. Oh, we got a bunch of six-six dudes on the floor. I'll go rebound against these trees. I'm not worried about it. These trees. That's oh, yeah. right. Wiggins Island's always been a prime vacation spot in June. You guys just didn't know it yet. My prediction: Warriors in seven. Tatum finals MVP. That's going to do it for this edition of the <laughs> point of contention. I don't even believe it. I don't know why I said what that. The hell? I don't know. It doesn't make any sense at all. Don't forget. Don't forget about the live draft show Thursday, June 23rd out there on the old the draft internet. Is really sure. in a week. That's crazy. Sure, oh my God. It's nuts, man. Uh, there'll be a lot of draft coverage from yours truly. And a lot of people at the athletic over this next week, make sure you're checking out Marcus coverage of the finals. Jay's King of the cover or coverage of the finals and make sure you check out everybody else's coverage on the athletic of the nba finals make sure you check out all the other podcasts michelle beatles what did i miss she had a great guest on yesterday young guy named zach harper who was fantastic stole the show for jay for marcus for jade i'm zach keep it locked here on the athletic As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. 
See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.